Necromaniacs podcast returns, episode number 71, on this beautiful March evening. The winter is rolling on, and so are we. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's up, Mike? I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, it's uh, winter. It's I'm starting to get tired of winter. You know, we actually had yeah. a real one this year, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to spring. Uh, we're You know, we're in March now. And, uh, you know, next month uh, we'll be hitting that spring weather, which is nice. Yeah, I definitely cannot wait. I mean, we could get a lot of snow in March, of course, but that remains to be seen. Um, but I'm excited about the time moving on. And, and you know, I, what I'm also getting happy to see is is that the, the, the COVID numbers are, are, are getting, you know, they're going down, especially yeah. in New York. It's yep. great. Um, my, my mom has just got her second shot and she's very excited. I mean, I don't know when I'll be getting mine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking to jump the line, so to speak, but I, I will be getting it when I can get it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Both of my parents have their second shot coming up, uh, Thursday of this week, actually. So that, that's cool. And, um, you know, I got some other family members who've been fully vaccinated and, uh, some people that I know that are, um, you know, that, that, uh, that work like for, you know, like Jersey transit and healthcare have, uh, have already gotten their vaccinations fully too. So that's cool. Yeah, that is great. I, I just, you know, the more we can move away from it, the happier I will be personally, but, uh, tonight on episode number 71, Mike and I are going to be discussing a 1975 road movie slash horror movie slash car chase movie you guessed it we'll be discussing race with the devil and we are excited <laughs> that's like this is one of my favorite subgenres, like the 70s devil movie and um you know this yes, movie yeah. for sure like features two of my favorite actors from the 70s and that's uh warren <laughs> oates and and uh you know peter fonda i'm a big fan oh, yeah. of those guys this uh, this movie has Necromaniacs podcast kind of written all over it. <laughs> it was kind of um, kind of in the in the back of both of our heads when I when I brought this one up recently to cover it, and you know Mike Mike was all excited, so I was like, hell yeah, man, let's do this one. Yeah. But uh, as per usual, before we do the official movie kickoff, Mike Hill, what have you been listening to, reading, and or watching? Well, before we even get into that, I just want to like once again address that uh, I'm stoked that everyone like uh, took our recommendation and watched Seder. I yeah, fucking right. love that movie, man. I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm glad we were able to turn some people onto it. Yeah, I mean, I I even saw like in my own you know uh, Facebook world a bunch of people that uh, checked it out. And then they either mentioned me or they mentioned Necromaniacs, which is great. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to get on board with a brand-new movie like early in the year, you know? I was so stoked. And, and for those of you out there who pay attention to the uh, the weekly staff picks, I uh, I, I picked um, Spectre, Jordan Graham's uh, 2012 alien invasion found footage <laughs> film as like a, a recommendation for weekend watching. And it was good, awesome. man. You can check it out on Tubi if you if any of you guys out there uh, fuck around with Tubi. It's um yeah, it's on Tubi there. Yeah, Tubi is great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I have a, a Roku device, and Tubi. You know, it's free. You sign up, boom, off you go. I mean, that's that's probably one of the coolest of the new, you know, inventions are are these apps that are just one hundred percent free, and all they want is your your basically your email address, or sometimes they don't even want that. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to contend with the uh, occasional commercials, which is, you know, it could be kind of a drag, but, you know, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah. I'll take that, you know. Exactly. It's not, not 
not the end of the world to get some, some cool content. I mean, and right now there's just, let's be honest, there's a lot of content and a lot of people competing for your eyes, right? Yeah. Well, as far as other stuff I've checked out, um, I checked out some two uh, weird fiction uh, influenced films. Mm-hmm. One of them is called The Pond. And, okay. Uh, it, that's re- that's relatively new. I think it came out this year. Shout Factory Studios produced it, and oh. um, it's it's become it's like part of my emerging new favorite sort of su- sub genre within horror. It's like heavy on dialogue, very atmospheric. A um, lot of shots of the woods. There's like uh, stuff made out of sticks, you know, and and. Uh, <laughs> entities like ancient entities manifesting from other dimensions like you know basically like uh like a robert black hp lovecraft uh weird fiction on film and that's pretty much what the pond is about i think it was shot somewhere in the balkans and all the actors i believe are eastern european but the uh the film is um an american production and um yeah it's just one of those movies man it's about like you know, some apocalyptic uh, interdimensional shit that takes place out on the, the you know, like the shores of this gigantic pond. And, um, awesome. Yeah, it's very, cool very, very brooding, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, similar to that, I checked out uh, 2014's Black Mountainside, which is a Canadian film. And that right. that's like straight up like Lovecraftian horror. Take, kind of like, Lovecraftian a la The Thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's about this uh, group of scientists in, in, um, way out in the middle of nowhere in Canada, and uh, they uncover some ancient temple, and then uh, shit starts getting crazy. <laughs> That's basically uh, hmm. it, it very, very much. Yeah, 2014, and it's got, uh, it's got that all-male uh, you know, thing vibe to it whether you're isolated you're in this uh base out in the middle of some arctic you know northern canadian wilderness and um yeah there's this this entity that's being unlocked once they start excavating the uh the the temple and it's uh it's just really cool man it's got a super downer ending um a lot of atmosphere you know, it's like one of those dialogue-heavy films, which I just said that I'm starting to really get into. And um, yeah, yeah, really cool. It sounds like a definite theme going on with a lot of the stuff you've been checking out. Yeah, you know, it's like reading a book. A lot of it is like like you're reading something. It's almost like dialogue in a in a in like a novel or a short story, and and there's a lot of stuff without any any dialogue, and you just take in these like landscapes and stuff. And it's just, it's. I'm really gravitating towards that these days. Hmm. Well, I I checked out uh, finally a little late to the game that Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix. Did you mm. check that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it was it was cool, but I don't know. I feel like similar to the um, Night Stalker documentary, I'm I'm starting to think that like Netflix really likes to pull things apart slowly, as they say, um, and maybe even too slowly. I feel like they could have trimmed this one up a bit. I don't think it, it needed four parts, much like I didn't think the Night Stalker needed four parts. Um, there was just a lot of scenes and moments of people who essentially had no bearing on the case whatsoever that were just fans of the case. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. It's like, what what that brings to the table, I, I kind of question. And honestly, the that that black metal guy, oh my god, the uh, the the Latin American kid, yeah, his entire life was ruined by people who just because he basically was basically just because he was like a metalhead and into Satan, um, immediately thought he was a murderer. Like that's like that's like one of the biggest tragedies aside. from from the, the the girl herself dying the second tragedy is the fact that that guy had to almost try to kill himself over this nonsense yeah you totally know? definitely man it's like it, the 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 documentary was definitely long-winded it didn't need to be four parts and uh i was like super interested in that guy like uh, morbid that was the name of his, Mor- uh, yeah, his project yeah. 
And it sucks because <laughs> at the end of that, he was talking about how creativity has completely left him as a result of the bullying that went on. Yeah. Wow. Like, I mean, when they when that first came on the street, I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, great. More outsiders talking about black metal and goof show. Like, you know what I'm saying? But then when the, the actual, you know, meat of his aspect of the story came to light, I was like, oh, my God, this poor fucking guy. Right. Like, I mean, not to mention, honestly, the the death of the of the of the girl really i mean we we know how she died physically the drowning she drowned to death yeah but we don't really kind of know why she died which is very sad you know i mean probably due to some sort of psychotic break but that's we don't know like there's still a mystery to her death right would you agree i thought they said that she just she stopped there was evidence that she stopped taking her medication. And, right. um, there were lower lower amounts and yeah, that. that. That happens, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't fucking know anything about uh, psychology or any of that shit. But like, I've I, I've read about stuff like that happening where people go off their meds and they get crazy. I know there's this uh, maniac in my family who uh, married into my family. He's from uh, New Hampshire, and mm -hmm. he's. Uh, you know, fucking needs to be on meds. And when he goes off his meds, um, he causes all his trouble. <laughs> so it's like... Oh, wonderful. Yeah, he ended up in jail, like <laughs> all this shit, you know. He's, and, uh, you know, he's... Uh, and, and I know that he's also prone to, like, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that's... That stuff mm -hmm. happens, man. But what, what the overarching storyline of that, that hotel, that it, it's like this fucking oh, yeah. gateway it's to wild. hell almost you know what i mean it's, it's really wild. fucking creepy like is that hotel cursed oh yeah it's yeah, cursed totally 100 cursed. um what was interesting though uh spoilers people spoilers ahead is that how all this time they were saying that the lid was was closed and it's mm -hmm. like how did it hurt like and, and then it basically turns out that no, it wasn't like really fully closed, which means that she went in, in there and she didn't like close the lid on herself. She couldn't get the fuck out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, man. Yep. That's, that's right. Bad. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Real creepy, mm -hmm. man. Yes. Very creepy. Very creepy. But, uh, that's my, uh, on the watching front, you know, I, I kind of watched that rather slowly on the, the listening front. I've uh, been been checking out uh, this newer death metal band, uh, Frozen Soul. They're on Century Media. Yeah. They're like real young. They're from Texas, and they're basically like Bolt Thrower Junior. But I fucking love every minute of it. Like it's like it's really Bolt Thrower esque, but it has like I don't know, like an added extra heaviness to it of the modern kind of you know world. Um, I dig it, you know. And I've just been on this massive Sirith Ungol kick, Amer you know, oh, the classic yeah. American heavy metal band, and particularly their first album, Frost and Fire. Um, I don't know where I've been all these years, Mike, but I'm on board now. I, I What an incredible band. I remember back in the day, just because they had this like Tolkien-esque name, made me, yes. in made me interested in them. And I remember checking them out when I was like like a young kid and being like pretty, mm -hmm. pretty stoked on it. And all the covers are, you know, almost all of them have like Elric on the cover, which is <laughs> yeah. awesome. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, Michael Moorcock's, and, uh, you know, yeah. eternal champion. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm all into that. I just put on a big heavy metal kick. I've been listening to the band Eternal Champion a lot. I've been listening to Vanilla Road and Sir Dungol a lot. And uh, this newer band called Smolder, heavy metal band, like, you know, classic metal. Um, so, yeah, you know, I guess I'm reverting back to the pre-thrash metal days of the very young Michael Scandato. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that era of metal, like that early, like heavy metal, but very, um, like it's still like in that transition period, but you know that it's only a half a step away from being thrash, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the thing, like, you know, now, if you look at the history of all the, you know, the genres and the subgenres, I mean, it all kind of does come back 
to just regular old heavy metal. And there, there, you know, there weren't a lot of names for it. I mean, Metallica were heavy metal for a minute there before thrash metal, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying it quite, quite a bit. <laughs> I, I like, uh, picked up that new John Carpenter record on Friday. Um, oh, I have it as well. Yeah. yeah it's cool, it's man. Pretty, pretty great. That's, that's something I've been spinning. Um, there's like uh, a newer, uh, actually they're not really new. They've been around for 10 years, but I just found out about them. So it's like, there's this band called Bambara, Bam Bambara. Mm -hmm. They're, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're kind of a hipster band, like in some ways, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to reduce them by saying that. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, see, that's, what's good of you. See, I can be, I can just come right out and say, yeah, it's a hipster band. It's a hipster band, but it won't necessarily always take away the, the appreciation if they're a fucking great band, right? I mean, I, th yeah. I think the dudes in the band probably get it, you know, because they're referencing <laughs> shit that's cool. Like they're they're into like uh, you know, like uh, the birthday party and uh, mm -hmm. you know, gun club and and the cramps and shit like that, uh, the swans. But it's like, but the, I know the people that go to their shows are fucking you know like uh like not my kind of people you know what i mean like right, I, right. I know if i like, went to that show i'd probably get fucking angry so it's just like like since i'm old um i'm 47 i i've been listening to joint vision vision since in my 20s uh, since i've been in my 20s and when i was in my 20s there weren't any hipsters yeah. yet so but i know that joint division now a lot of people can correlate with hipsters or you know or they used to but it's like, I don't give a fuck. They're, they're, they're still my band. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like, um, in the, when you were in the, back in those days, they were like, you know, more like like goths and like industrial yeah. type people, mm -hmm. post-punk, whatever. They, they, that's, you know, and that's kind of the influences that this band Bambara has. Like, you know, the birthday party, like just like dark, you know, really dark music. Awesome. Wow, check it out. Sounds good to me, man. Yeah, the, uh, but, the the uh, record to check out by them is Shadow Over Everything. So that's a great, great record. Shadow Over Everything. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Race with the Devil. What can we say, folks? All right, right out of the gate, this movie is from 1975. So, yes, we're going to be spoiling the film. Yes or no, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, by now, it's like, I mean... In, in a way, to make one of the points that I'm, I want to make about this film, we have to give up the ending, kind of. So uh, Exactly. And, yeah, so just so you know, we're going to be giving up the ending. A, a lot of our listeners probably, I would say a, a good chunk have seen it. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely made the rounds. Uh, it had a cool uh, Anchor Bay release in the early 2000s, which is long out of print now. But uh, it became available again just not too long ago uh, at as like a double bill uh, Blu-ray with um, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, which is pretty cool. It's like a oh, double, double that, shot. That's fucking awesome, Factor. man. I'd, I'd like to get that yeah. then. Oh, yeah. It's still available. I, I checked, actually, because um, I have the, the old Anchor Bay disc. But, yeah, so just so you people know, we're going we're gonna to be talking about, you know, every cool aspect of this movie. But uh, in the 70s, there was, you know, the satanic panic really kind of kicked off in the seventies at some point, And it went through the eighties. Would you agree, Mike? Yeah. I, I think of uh, the seventies when I think of all the great Satan movies, uh, you know, we got the devil's reign, you know, Ernest Borgnine and William Shatner, a fucking oh, yeah. incredible cast. And one of the best face melting scenes ever <laughs> on a film, oh, yeah. you know? heavy on the vibes too it's just got like the dark vibes it's devil's reign is actually a dark in a way it has darker vibes than this movie to be honest absolutely. in my opinion absolutely man i mean it, the yeah. devil's reign is probably my favorite 70s satan movie satanist movie hmm. you know now what's funny is about devil's reign is devil's reign is is the same year as this movie but the mark uh but the race with the devil comes you know, it comes post Exorcist. Exorcist is like '73. Post Rosemary's Baby. Uh, it's a little bit before The Omen. Um, 
But you even got some, like, to me in this movie, a little hint of maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Like, just kind of, you know, those kind of sinister, evil, satanic movies in there. But what this movie also has, which was fashionable around this time, is those road car chase kind of movies, which were extremely popular. So we have a, a melding of kind of two genres from director Jack Starrett here. We've got horror and action, right, Mike? Yeah, and, and those car movies are some of my favorite movies from the 70s, too. You know, like Tulane, Blacktop, Vanishing Point, mm -hmm. like all that shit. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah. in on that stuff. Anything with a, this one doesn't really have a cool car, but, you know, if there's like some kind of like Challenger or like, you know, some sick, you know, kind of Corvette, like late 60s Corvette, and it's like driving in the desert, like that's kind of my shit, so. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, this movie has a definite thread to that even in the cast itself, because you have uh, Peter Fonda, who plays the Roger character, who was in both, you know, Easy Rider and Dirty Barry, Crazy Larry. And then you have Warren Oates, who was in uh, Tulane Blacktop from 1971. So, yeah, man. I mean, I think the stars were aligning for, for this this kind of mashup, right? Well, yeah, man. I, I love Peter Fonda. You know, obviously, I'm a big uh, fan of... Um of his uh, earlier motorcycle work. You know, The Trip was another one of his, like, biker movies that he was in. And yeah, um, that was Jack kind of Nicholson. like, that was like the beginning of, that was pre-Easy Rider, I think. Yeah. It was. That was, six, that was like 67, 68. It is like the year, the year or two before, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And Warren Oates is a, a fucking mensch. I love Warren Oates. I love that guy. He's, he's <laughs> in, like... He worked with Sam Peckinpah. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier he was in Stripes, of course. That's his final role before he yeah. passed. Um, um, he's just yeah, a badass. Mm -hmm. If uh, some, some, I mean, a lot of people love the movie Stripes with Bill Murray from uh, 1981. And uh, Warren Oates is Sergeant Hulka. Who can forget Sergeant Hulka? Stripes. Um, fucking hilarious, you know. Lighten up Francis. Lighten up Francis. That Warren Oates, man. That's one of the greatest movie lines uh, ever. Lighten up Francis. Um, uh, sadly, yeah, Warren Oates died really young. He died when he was like 53 years old, uh, a year after Stripes had, had come out. But he was just in like a lot of really cool movies. He has that face, right, Mike? Like that, oh, yeah. that kind of, you know, 70s movie guy face. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, he was a man's man, as you know, and I'm 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 stealing that from what you said about him. He's a man's man, you know, smoking, drinking, partying, you know, yeah. <laughs> driving driving motorcycles and you know going fast in his car, like that kind of shit. You know, what I mean, getting in fist fights with people. That was his vibe, you know. And I think him and Peter Fonda, they they come off as got like in the movie that like they're really kind of cool together. You know, like they have like a good like kind of bonding realistic vibe and i bet when the camera was a rolling they were they were hanging out you know that's yeah. kind of like the vibe you're doing. Well, well they made three films together uh, yeah, yeah yeah so this is like the middle out of uh out of the three they made the first one was uh the hired hand in 1971 mm. um this film and then uh you know uh race with the devil 75 and later that year there was another film called 92 in the shade that came out so, That's a movie. I've always heard that title, but I, I, I've never seen it. I, I want to see all these fucking movies. All these movies are so fucking cool. I mean, I think as as a Gen Xer, you know, who was born in the seventies, I just I have this weird affinity for a lot of this stuff. Even though I'm kind of too young to remember any of it, it's just like the affinity I have for it. I don't know. Well, you also know? keep in mind too that in the nineties. You know, when we were, you know, we were like in our 20s or whatever. It's like, this is like the Quentin Tarantino fodder. Like he, he was, all of his films referenced yes. all these 70s films. So that's how we got reintroduced to that, you know. And it's like a lot of these sick like movies that had like cool cars and like, you know, like shoot 'em ups and, you know, fights and all this stuff. And real like cads, you know, as, as the, the men, yeah. the men you know, male roles were like, Stuff that he brought back into the consciousness of our society, you know, by these films. 
I agree. I mean, I, I know some people, look, Mike and I are fans. We, we've clearly stated many times over the years that we're fans of Quentin Tarantino and that we actually credit him uh, to like bringing a lot to us as fans, you know, uh, knowing full well where he got his influence because he's never hid his influence. He himself has actually listed uh, Race with the Devil as one of his favorite movies. Um, and another fan of this movie is actually Kevin Smith. Uh, he loves Race with the Devil as well. Uh, he said he had this movie in mind when he was making Red State. Red State is probably one of the best things Kevin Smith has ever done, in my opinion. Oh, so, yeah, totally, man. That That's, um, yeah, definitely. I'd like to see more of that Kevin Smith. That Kevin Smith hasn't really ever resurfaced. Nah. <laughs> So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Clerks 3 is in the works. Hopefully that, that'll, you know, be well. Uh, Clerks 2 needed a bit of, bit of work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to like here, right? Let's, let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, specifically, like, just the, the interplay of Warren Oates and Peter Fonda, like, like we were saying, like, you, you see that they, they seem like they had, like, an actual friendship in real life. And... Mm-hmm. But two very kind of different guys. It's like they're kind of like like opposites, like fl- the flip side of the coin where they're both into like, you know, cars and like gearhead shit, you know, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. Drink, drinking like, you know, liquor, and, you know, because there's they're always drinking whiskey in this movie, too. That plays a big part of the yeah. film. But uh, Fonda is like a little bit more pensive, like a little bit more hippie ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and Warren Oates is a little bit more gruff and like working class, I guess. You know what I'm trying to say? I would agree with that. Yeah, even though there isn't even that big of an their age gap, I think they're literally like a year or two years difference in, in real life and in reality. But um, no, I, I totally hear you. Um, you get to a little bit about the, the specs of the film. We got uh, directed by Jack Starrett, produced by Wes Bishop and Paul Molansky. Uh, and of course, we said it stars Peter Fonda as Roger Marsh, Warren Oates as Frank Stewart, uh, two great female leads, the one and only Loretta Swit from MASH fame as Alice, and the beautiful Lara Parker, who is Angelique on Dark Shadows as Kelly. Um, yeah, yeah, great. They're both great. I mean, the mash is kind of uh, by 75 i believe that mash has has already begun so you know loretta smith already kind of has a, a name to herself um the movie was released uh june 27 1975 right after a tiny little 1975 summer movie jaws came out so you know this movie is it jaws no but it is pretty great uh running time of a very tight 88 minutes the budget was only 1.7 mil, and this puppy raked in almost 13 mil at the box office. How about that? Good for them. That's great. For 1975 money, man. Yeah, man. Wow. So it was it was popular, you know. Um, it wasn't a critical darling. It was probably a great fun movie to see in the 70s at the drive-in or late at night. Um, but the movie has obviously did quite well. Um, one thing is funny, I was mentioning about Loretta Swift and Lara Parker for a, a negative. I don't think they ultimately had a lot to do in this movie. Would you, would you agree or disagree? Yeah, they, they, uh, the, the, they, they served one purpose to advance the plot and we'll get to that. But like, uh, uh-huh. yeah. But generally, they were just kind of around, you know. They they you know they cleaned up the uh, the you know the the camper and the, you know, the RV, yeah, the right. RV. And it was like, yeah. you know, I um I would like to have seen them play a bigger part in the film, you know, do more mm-hmm. like badass shit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, we have to mention uh, Loretta Swit. Her name in uh, Mash was Hot Lips Houlihan. Hot Lips Houlihan. Yeah, I know. And it's funny, like Mash had like such little women like i mean it was a dude show and it was during the war and it was you know mostly men but since like loretta swift was like this blonde it's like nobody forgot her like hot it was called hot lips and it was it was just like so like you know 
I'm sure every man was in love with her. She was like the only woman there, right? I mean, like there was no, there was like no women on the show. Was was she <laughs> in the movie too? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. She was in the movie and the TV yeah, show, right? I'm gonna double double check that right now because we do the show. I do it with a computer right in front of my face. Um, I yeah, I believe she was a movie carryover. Yes, Mash for you young kids was a uh, a TV show about the Korean War on CBS. It was a comedy. It ran for many years, but it was also a film. So let's see. Um, sorry to, to do this actual uh, stuff uh, on the on the show, but, it, but it's important. we got to get our facts straight, right, Mike? That's right. You know, we're a factual show. I'm uh, happy to report that she is alive. Oh, uh, she is in her 80s, and she's a Passaic, New Jersey native. I like that. Nice. Um, yeah, very cool. She was in the movie. Hold on. Was she in the movie? 1970. Hold on. Was she, did, was she naked in the movie? I think I don't know why I remember. It seemed like there was some kind of, well, <laughs> well, actually, here's the thing. The, the TV show was from 72 to 83. She was on that show. I didn't realize that it was on so early. Wow. But you know what, though? Let me double check. Nash Film. Hmm. But anyway, um, I thought that, uh, look, they did a great job in the movie. Like I said, they just didn't, you know, have a ton to do, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but Ange- Angelique, well, she plays Angelique in Dark Shadows. Uh yeah, the 1970 film. Hold on, I had a hard time pulling it up the actual uh, date of the film for some reason. Uh, no, she is not. Sally Kellerman plays her role in the film. I remember Sally Kellerman from back. So Loretta Swit was not in the MASH film. Hold on, you cut out there on my phone. Yeah, so Loretta Swit was not in the MASH film. Oh, crap. Hello? Uh, Mike, you there? No. Hello. <laughs> Yo, what's up, man? No problem. Yeah, it, it cut off. In a way, it's kind of good that it cut off. This way, we can we you can edit out the whole uh, yeah. not knowing if she was in the movie part, right? <laughs> All right. So Loretta Swit was not in the Mash theatrical film. There was some other lady, right? Yes, uh, Sally Kellerman, actress Sally Kellerman, who I always remember. Hello? And as I was saying, she, not a lot of women, not a lot of women on the old mass show. So she definitely like stood out. And I just always have this image of her from that show, you know, as a so, kid. So this, I, 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 I'm sorry, you know, if, if there's any women out there, I don't even know if any women listen to this show, but it's like, I, I always get hung up on whether or not the actresses are naked in the films. And I, so I, I remember there being nudity in, in the original mash. Yeah. Right? It was fairly Kellerman. Yeah. It was probably, it was, it was definitely not the right of switch. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if, I don't know if, if there's any ladies out there. I'm sorry. I apologize for being a toxic male, but uh, toxic male, man. You know, I'm toxic sorry about man. that. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone, man. No. But uh, yeah, the thing is, it's, it's it's funny. Like we get so caught up in, in all the cool parts of this movie, we need to actually give the the rough plot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's actually pretty Which simple. Is, uh, the plot's very straightforward, really. It is very straightforward. Roger and, and Frank, the two friends, right? Um, Peter Fonda and Warren Oates, uh, they own a, a motorcycle dealership in San Antonio, Texas. 
just so you know, this whole movie takes place in Texas. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's definitely conceivable that you could drive for days and still be in Texas, man. It's a big state. You know? <laughs> yes. And, and it's funny that you say drive for days and still be in Texas because that's kind of what happens in this movie. Uh, one night they kind of set up camp in this little desolate meadow and Roger and Frank are kind of, you know, racing the motorcycles together. Then later that night, the wives are hanging out in the RV and Roger and Frank are outside and um, they kind of stumble across a satanic human ritual, which is happening just a short distance from the campsite across a river. Yeah, they're just <laughs> hanging out, like <laughs> celebrating their friendship, man. You know, just fucking talking, drinking. And, and uh, the important thing, too, is that the Satanists don't realize that they're there. Until right. uh, until the door opens and the light shines on, and then they're like realize that after after they sacrificed this young lady in a blood ritual, they uh, <laughs> they realize that someone had seen him, and then now it's like there's this big you know move to uh, to get right. them and you know silence them. You know if you know what I'm talking about when I say silence them. Because mm-hmm. uh, Loretta Swit, I believe, calls out to her husband. And and kind of uh, yeah, that's not good. Um, they probably would have been okay had that happened because they were just kind of in shock. They had they brought out binoculars and, and you know they kind of witnessed the the ritual going down. But it was when more noise was made, <laughs> and you know that they got kind of found out. And immediately uh, the satanic crowd disperses, but a bunch of them start charging after. Uh, Peter and Warren <laughs> and go to attack the RV, which is now hauling ass away from the campground. <laughs> and this is uh, the beginning of uh, the race, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the chase is on. Um, they managed to make it to uh, the local sheriff, uh, you know, the police station with Sheriff Taylor, who is super sketchy, by the way. Um he brings them back there, you know, late at night, early into the morning to investigate the campground. And, of course, they do a bang-up job of that. And they're saying, oh, you guys probably just witnessed a bunch of hippies killing an animal. Uh, so the cops, you know, the, 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 there's some blood sample on the floor, so they take some. But Roger decides he's going to also take some. He's kind of bothered by the fact that they think it was just an animal. Uh, because they saw like a dead animal sacrifice there. So the cops were like, oh, it's just from this dead animal. But uh, Roger and Peter know what they saw. They're, you know, nobody's fool. Uh, even though the cop is like, trying to just, you know, tell them, you know, that's not what you saw. Other interesting thing of note between the police and them is that while they're in the car, the police magically know where to take them without being told where to go. Right, Mike? Yeah, so there's this whole vibe that, like, you know, the whole area is in on this, like, satanic uh, cult, you know. And, um, yes. yeah, so from this point on, they're, they're traveling. They, they stop at a, um, you know, a campground. And there's, uh, the, you know, I, I want to I, I bring this up. I, I was going to wait till the end. But, like, in some ways, this movie really is kind of like an extension of Easy Rider. Uh, you know, from hmm. his earlier film, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, that's um, the, the beginnings of like the paranoia of the more ignorant segments of the United States. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying there. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Totally. Where there, you know, people are afraid of like people that live out in the rural areas because you know, they, they got fucked up ideas about stuff and this, you know, they're, they're, they're very closed minded, very provincial, um, you know, very, uh, they're themselves are reluctant to have strangers around. And, uh, mm. and I think that this movie is kind of, uh, it navigates that same area that easy rider did, except with like a more, you know, like obviously with, there's like a satanic twist to it with this film. It's definitely, I would say a cousin film. That's a great point. I agree with you on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
obviously, I mean, there's some, uh, you know, some quality differences, um, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, for sure. some acting differences, right? But uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. Awesome little, little comparison. Um, the thing is, w- while they're kind of, you know, off and, and on the run and they're, they're running into some strange characters, another thing that's become apparent is that everywhere they go, the phone doesn't work. Um, yeah. There are these little, little things just kind of piling up that are like, yeah, there's something up with this town. There's something up with this town. But, you know, the light switch hasn't fully gone off at all of their heads 100%. It's kind of like at about 50% for a while, right? You know? Yeah, you know, and, and they keep running into these weirdos. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they're getting attacked. They're getting threatened. There's notes saying, we're you know, with... with like satanic symbols on it and uh mm-hmm. they run into that mechanic and he's like just getting a little too curious about what's going on so you know this guy's up to no good too you know yeah he's like listening to that conversation um the the, the wives uh, go into a library and, and look for, get books on uh, occultism and and the librarian tells them that you can't take them out so they just wind up stealing them um and you know one of the books reveals that the, the ritual that the Satanists perform is, you know, to, to gain magic powers. Um, and it kind of resembles what, like the, the photo that they showed kind of resembled what really went on at the beginning of the movie. I caught that obviously, um, you know, they, they go to uh, this RV park and, and, uh, the two women go into the pool and, and they're kind of being watched by everybody. And it's just, you know, everyone is creepy. Like everyone's creepy, right? Yeah, kind of like in Rosemary's Baby. All the neighbors are fucking creepy. Exactly, and and it's yeah, it just builds up this paranoia, you know. And and uh, you know, I, I've traveled through that these parts of the country too, man. And it's like, you know, there's some fucking weird people out there on the road. <laughs> I agree. And uh, what's really sad is uh, they go out to this honk honk one night with this wacky couple. And as they come back from from the, the honky pon- honky tonk into the trailer park, uh, their dog has been killed and hung uh, on the uh, on the, the side door of the RV. It's like really fucked up scene. And of course, in true '70s fashion, I found out that they used a real dog for that scene, but the dog wasn't harmed. What? But I have a question. Yeah, they hung they hung a dog safely on like a harness. Yeah, they used the real dog for that. Scene. I'm like and, speechless. Yeah, man. I know that's crazy. Yeah, um, doesn't surprise me that they used the real dog. God forbid they used the fake one. Um, back in the '70s into the about the mid '80s, folks, animals on sets a lot of times were not treated very well. Let's just say. Um, yeah, I, I read that in my in my uh, findings, um, and then uh, also. Uh, you know, as they're, they're kind of back in the RV in another scene, uh, someone has loaded the RV with two tremendous snakes, um, which I've learned were also real, by the way. Uh, and they were really potentially, yeah, and potentially also killed for real. Oh, uh, that's what I heard. Wow. That, yes. That's a cannibal, cannibal Holocaust shit right there, man. Yeah, because apparently, like back in the day in tech, like those kind of snake like people hated them like there was no reason to like you know grab a snake in the wild and like be nice to it or whatever i mean i don't know that's that's that, that's what i heard i heard that the potentially those snakes were real so so uh um what what, what, what you're <laughs> saying is there was no reason to not kill the snake in texas mm, in the state yeah. of texas there's no reason to not kill the snake <laughs> down in the state of texas I don't know. It's 1975, man. What are you going to do? You know, it's it's <laughs> different time. Different time, as they say. Um, but the thing is, at this point, why are you still in Texas at this point? Why haven't these people left the state of Texas? They can't, dude. <laughs> They're trying. It's fucking the state of Texas is fucking gigantic. It's bigger than <laughs> most European countries, man. It's like the size of Europe. I, That's a fucking huge state. <laughs> wow. It is just wild. And, and as as during that whole sequence, 
they bashed the RV in, into a, you know, a tree. You know, they're kind of going through quite a bit at this point. They got to bury the dog. Uh, and then they, they, they get into yet another sketch gas station where they buy a, a rifle from yet another sketchy guy. And sure enough, they go to use the phone there and the phone doesn't work again. The bad connection. There's a big wind up north. That was one of my favorite lines of the movie. The big wind up north. And uh, yeah, that. that. <laughs> Warren Oates' character makes reference to that big wind up north, you know, full of shit. Um, he's putting money into a payphone, and then the actual operator is saying, oh, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> like she's talking to him and tells him that, oh, it's a bad connection, you know. So even like the switchboard operators, everyone is fucking suspect in this movie. Come on. <laughs> I just looked up, out of curiosity, I wanted to see where Warren Oates was born. And uh, mm -hmm. he's from Kentucky. Kentucky, okay, cool. Yeah, he was born in Kentucky. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're trying to get to Amarillo, kids, because they don't believe the fact that the blood came from an animal. They think if they get to a big city outside of the, the hellish area that they're in, they can get blood sample looked at to prove that it was in fact a human well because it was because they killed the girl at the beginning of a movie and there's a very interesting scene that comes into play there's a staged school bus accident like they see a school bus on the side of the road and then it dawns on on frank that it's sunday he's like school bus my ass because none of the kids are hurt they're outside playing and the bus is on the side that was kind of cool right yeah that was weird you know, I mean, the, kind of, if you were in New York, though, I've oftentimes seen uh, school buses on Sunday for uh, the Jewish uh, people in New York City. Right. That's different, though. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, but 1975, Texas. No, there's no there's no Hasidim school. No, that's just not <laughs> happening. It's not happening. Um, so they, you know, right through that. And then the chase begins. The chase that you're kind of promised and the movie poster has basically not even happened yet. Uh, you're kind of about 80%, 85% into the movie. And now you get some really, really awesome scene. Right, Mike? Yeah, man. A lot of action. You know, some people get their comeuppance. You know? and Yes, uh, they did. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's a 1975-style <laughs> chase scene, you know? What's really uh, of note to me, what was really of note, was when... Uh, Peter Fonda was shooting into the side of the truck. <laughs> Why was he shooting into the side of the truck? Like, like not, and not at the drivers, not at the tire, not at the windshield. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was literally shooting the side of one of the cars that was trying to attack him. I thought that was kind of funny. Was he trying to hit the gas? Do you think? Or like, was that? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I thought the same thing because they made. <laughs> they made a, it was a very deliberate shot. They show the, um, yes. you know, they show the bullets going into the side of the truck. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what the <laughs> tactic is for that, you know? Mm. Well, uh, suffice to say, kids, they manage to get all of the, you know, impending attacking trucks and cars run off the road. One kind of burst into flames as it's, you know, flying off the side of the highway. And, you know, it's, it's a wild scene. And of note, uh, this a big chunk of this was used in nineteen in a 1981 episode of The Fall Guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yes. As, as I said, times were just very different in the 70s and 80s. Things were just, you know, they bend the rules a little bit. The Fall Guy was a early 80s TV show with uh, Lee Majors, Lee I Majors, believe. Yeah, yes. yeah. Six Million Dollar Man was in there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they like the scene so much. They're like, let's just throw this into the episode. You know, why not? From six years ago. Um, they, they believe that they have shaken all of the Satanists and cult members and crazies. And they think they are in the clear. They uh, pull off in, into a field at night. And, you know, they pick up a radio signal that's coming from Amarillo. And as a viewer... You think that they're going to be okay, right? At this point, I mean, they're, they've, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're about to do a toast. They're about to have some alcohol. 
And, you know, you, you think all is well until <laughs> in the midst of the celebration, you start hearing chanting and this very fucked up eerie music. Right. And then all of a sudden, all of the people you've seen throughout the movie, you see all their faces with like black cloaks, a sheriff and people from the bars and the restaurants and the car parks. And you, you think you see the librarian and all these fucking people are coming at the fucking RV and you hear the crazy, sketchy 70s music. And then you see a huge ring of fire surrounding the RV. Wasn't that fucking awesome? Wasn't that a great scene? Yeah. The only thing that would have made it better was like if it was a pentagram around the, uh, you know, <laughs> the RV. You know, that would have been great. But, you know, that probably hard hard to do and film that, you know, get it right. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> the couple is trapped inside the RV. It is not a happy ending. You get a dark, stark 1975 sketchy 70s ending with the sketchy 70s music at the end. And another great thing was what we didn't mention it was the, the great opening credit sequence. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That actually was pretty cool. The opening sequence that had like the dark kind of art and like the dark music. And it was just, I don't know. It was just very like the whole satanic vibe, kind of like electric wizard style, yeah, you know, tree, the sketchy wizard. tree. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Look, a lot of 70s movies ended on a down note. Let's just, you know, let's just be honest. The 70s are like my favorite era of films, man. I got, I got to be honest, man. They had some of my, some of the best horror films, some of the best action movies, some of the best like, oh, crime. Yeah. You know, the birth of like modern crime films, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like it's such a great era for movies. You know, and just movies like this, like these kind of, you know, fun. You know, like, yeah, like verging kind of like on the B end of things, you know what I mean? Like a B movie, but just like a fun action film, you know? Mm. The thing is about this movie, I I don't know if I would have enjoyed it, if it would have had a happy ending. I mean, this was a fucking great ending. I mean, there was even talk of, of a remake of this movie. Uh, back in the early O's, I think I remember hearing about it. It never came to pass, but I will say that I could kind of see it being remade. Could you? I wouldn't want it to be remade unless like Quentin Tarantino did it or something like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, cause it would, it would just, it just wouldn't work. You, cause you don't have actors like Warren Oates anymore. You know, who, who would you want <laughs> no, to play don't. his role? You know, you sure like, don't be like some dude, be like shredded abs, you know what I mean? And like. It just wouldn't work. You don't have guys like him anymore. You know what I'm trying to say? There's like these these guys, these actors. Like Gene Hackman's another one. Gene Hackman's like one of the greatest actors ever. And you don't have guys like him anymore. Peter Boyle, they would never have a career no, now. You know? They're all gone. It would have to be some really good-looking British guy pretending to be American because that's pretty much all movies these days. Everyone's British. Yeah, that's And you point. find out that you don't even know that they're British until they're doing interviews for the movie. You think they're Americans. Um, <laughs> sorry to our British listeners. But uh, in 1981, there was a, a, a Tamil language film called Kazugu uh, that took the basis for this movie as, as its own film, foreign language film. Hmm. And apparently, uh, Drive Angry by, from Nicolas Cage from 2011, a movie which I've never seen, had a lot of hints of this movie in that movie. So now I kind of want to see Drive Angry. Did you see that movie? No, I avoided it because it looked like a stupid Nicolas Cage film that I didn't want to see. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to like denigrate <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I love I love him, but he did make a lot of films that were just I I kind of avoided him because I didn't want to see him in films like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, Wikipedia said the basis of of. The race with the devil is is drive angry, so that's interesting. I wonder wonder how that comes to be. So now I'm going to actually have to see Drive Angry. I got to be honest. <laughs> you know, now my my curiosity's peaked as well. Yes, it is. But uh, as I said earlier, uh, if if you want to see this film, if you want to buy it, uh, it, Shout Factory has it as a, a, a Blu-ray, uh, a double feature with Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. 
and it's on uh, it's on Prime as a rental. And uh, you could seek out the old Anchor Bay DVD if you like old school DVDs, right, Mike? <laughs> I think I'm going to get that Blu-ray double feature, man. That sounds cool. I think I am as well. Uh, j- just just to you know see if it looks any if there's any cool extras on it, which there might be. Um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, of course, only has this 64% rating based on 14 reviewers, 5.5 out of 10. What do they know? They're not fun over there. This is a fun movie. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. You know, the uh, <laughs> this would be a great double feature with The Devil's Reign. I think these two films together would be a fun-filled Saturday night, honestly. Oh, totally. Um, so what do you give it? Out of our one to five rating, what are you giving Rip the Devil? I give it a four point five out of five. Huh. I've seen this nice. movie like, I don't know, like five or six times, seven times in my lifetime. So I, something brings me back to this movie. I I'm just almost there with you. I give it a four out of five. It is it is pretty much a classic film. Uh it's you know. Um, it's if you're like a Satan movie guy, you need to see it. If you're like an action road seventies movie guy, you need to see it. Um, if you're into those really creepy endings, this is of the movie for you. You know, yeah. like I said before, seventies knew how to end the movie. You know, I feel like now some endings are just oof, need work. This this is a good ending. Yeah, they. I, I have. A, I'm afraid that if they remade it, they would change the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're probably right. I, I'm a, I'm a, a, a just a fan of of uh, Warren Oates, and uh, you know, just I, I want to. I haven't seen all of his films, but I will see a movie just because he's in it. And uh, actually, one of my favorite films that he was in was a, a Peckinpah movie called. Um, Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Have you seen that? Yeah, oh, another movie that I've always like heard about and, and probably read about that I've never seen. Dude, what is the plot of that movie? It's uh, like a revenge film. Like he gets paid by these this guy to find this woman, and he's going through Texas and into Mexico, and and um, it's just it it just got such class. Oh, Chris Christopherson's in it. He has a small part. He's like a biker. Um, oh wow! Warren Oates has sunglasses on through the entire film. Mm. <laughs> at, at night, during the day, has his shades on the whole time. Doesn't take them off ever. You know, there's like sketchy treatment of women. There's uh, gunfights. You know, like, there's like. Broken bones. There's uh, a, a, once again a kind of downbeat ending, which is great. Um, you know, it, it's a great film, man. And and actually, for the first, when I first saw the movie for for like the first five minutes, I thought it was a western, like it's taking place in like the 1800s. And then it mm. turns out that it takes place in the 70s. It just has this like fucking vibe, man. And um, I love it. It's great. You should check it out. There's like you know, like Americans in Mexico and I don't know, it's just, just fucking cool, man, you know. Well, it sounds fucking great. I, I'm definitely going to see it and see where it's available, you know. I have it on DVD. I don't know if there's a Blu-ray version of it. There has to be by now. I think most of Peck and Paw's films are on Blu-ray. Mm, the poster is really cool. Sick, uh, sick poster. Yeah. Look at it now. And uh, so is the poster for Race with the Devil. But I have to say, though, the devil isn't as action-packed as you might think it is. Uh, it, it has some, you know, it has some silly moments and some, you know, 70s moments. But overall, highly enjoyable, folks. <laughs> Another thing I might want to start researching is just like this. Um, I mean, starting, like I was saying earlier, with, with Easy Rider, this like disdain for conservative America that started, I guess, maybe in the late 60s. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this this um, movie definitely carries that flag of uh, disdain for, like, right-wing conservative America. You know what I mean? Mm. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, look, 
the, the, the whole hippie thing was, was kind of like initially, you know, Hey, fuck you, man. You know what I'm saying? And the man and down with the man and the man. Um, but what's strange is that the, the man has kind of become something entirely different now. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas I feel like the hippies of, of yesterday are, are just so far, like, removed from what, you know, a hippie today would be. I don't know. Well, I just I think... Already, uh, I don't culture... even know, like, what... If there even are hippies today, but, like... Right. Yeah, like, culturally, things are just so, so different. Like, I want... You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like the the man is 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 totally in power right now, in my opinion, you know? And, ha- and has all the power. Well, the man has always and... been in power. That's the thing, man. And it's, like... But what I'm trying to say is like the the movie kind of like has that same paranoia about redneck America, you know? Yeah. Like oh, no, totally. Like you're you're an easy rider. Your your life is in fucking danger in places like that if you're an outsider, you know. And then in this film, race with race with the devil. Not only is your life in danger, they're also satanic. Uh, you know, cultists, you know, which I think is fucking awesome, you know, <laughs> like they, they are, they're disciples, they're acolytes of Satan, which is like fucking killer, you know? Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's a, it's race of the devil. It's a mix of like crazy hicks who are evil. And then of course, just like Satanists who can be these very normal people. Like, you know, it's like a weird mix of evil in a way. Right. Yeah, you know, and hillbillies have always taken the hillbillies have always taken the brunt of in horror films. Really, if you think about it, you know, you got you got the Mm -hmm. ultimate, uh, you know, hillbilly horror film of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You got like you know Motel Hell. Those are the Mm -hmm. people that ran Motel Hell were kind of hickish. You know what I mean? There's always been like this fear of uh, of of that vibe of that that kind of redneck rage. You know what I mean? Totally. I just think that this movie can show you that evil can be anywhere, right? <laughs> it's not just the, it's not just the hillbillies. It's the weird blue-haired lady next door. It's the sheriff. It's the librarian. You know, that's the that can be the lesson of race with the devil. <laughs> yeah, but it's in some remote shithole of the country too, which is like kind of like what the point I was trying to make. It's like some remote area where they don't get too many strangers. And that's like, you know, like that's like where these, like these threats are, you know? Yes. And also the, the fear of the outsider and these four people were the outsiders, you know, totally. they, they, they hate the outsiders. And the one thing, like, as far as like the Rosemary's baby comparison, Rosemary's baby was in, you know, cosmopolitan Manhattan, you know, it had, uh, it had like a very different vibe, but it had similarities where it had like the little old ladies as Satan worshipers, you know, this movie had that as well. Yeah, that's true. Actually. That's another great movie. Rosemary's baby. I, I haven't, I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. We should perhaps cover Rosemary's baby. Maybe we could do like a devil month or something. You know what? I I'm a hundred percent in on that. And as long as we can do the devil's reign too, man, Cause that's, I think that's uh, another, I've been, I've been like planning to watch that again anyway. Okay. So folks, you, you, you've heard it. You might, you might hear a series of devil movies <laughs> to go along with our uh, <laughs> impending a uh, Jallo on and off uh, series, which I think it'd just be a lot of fun. Speaking of devilry, have you, um have you seen the Damien uh, short lived Damien t- television series? I did see that, and I remember I'm trying to remember if, how much I liked it or what I thought of it. I think it started well, and then might not have ended well. If I'm thinking well, of the same thing, I mean, only one episode, one se- one uh, sorry, one season came out, and and like I, I think it had a lot of promise, man. I, I remember enjoying it. Mm. I may need to revisit that if I'm able to revisit that, but. Damien is like one of the coolest characters ever. I think the Omen is great. Um, sometimes I find it hard to like 
to pick a favorite devil movie. You know, I mean, it's in one way it, it's the exorcist, but I, I, I like so many of them. <laughs> Damien Thorne. That's like a Damien. sick, it's a sick name, man. <laughs> oh my God. That is like one of the coolest names ever. If he's not Satan's actual son, he would be in a great band. Correct. <laughs> I'm sure someone has used that name as like, you know, like bass guitar of Damien Thorne, you know. You could check into like a hotel, you know, with that name. See what happens. Damien Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That is going to wrap up episode 71. We hope you enjoyed our trip to 1975 with Race with the Devil. And if you uh, if you've seen it, Watch it again. If you haven't seen it, you definitely need to watch it, right, Mike? That's right. Anything with the devil in it is uh, is, is okay. Anything with the book. devil. They're fun movies. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they're very fun. And uh, we will see you all next time. Thanks so much for all the support. And please stay safe out there. Take care, everyone. Talk to you next week.